Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, excited to be with y'all here today. We are wrapping up the week. It has been a long and busy week so far. Uh, and everybody gets a chance really to just enjoy the coming weekend. Uh, the holiday weekends with your family. 232-1542. Get out there and enjoy it with your family. 232-1542. You can also send a message through the KPL app chat. I have that all pulled up today. Uh, and want you to take part in the conversation. So let's start with uh, some of the hard news of the day. Let's go with the national story. We've got uh, Kirsten Cinema. This is a fascinating story to me. Kirsten Cinema has declared she is no longer a Democrat. She will be an independent going forward. Now, what you need to know is that she is going to caucus with the Democrats. She's not going to caucus with the Republicans, and that's a strategic move on her part. If she were to decide to caucus with the Republicans, well, the Republicans are still technically in the minority. So she would lose out on committee assignments. She can, by caucusing with the Democrats, keep her assignments as Chuck Schumer will be making those assignments, but it is really upsetting progressive activists today and a lot of Democrats out there that she would do this. Now, why? Kirsten Cinema looked at the election results in Arizona and realized that there is a path forward for somebody who is really with neither party. She is not terribly unpopular in her state. She is a Democrat in Arizona, which, unless you are Blake Masters or, or Carrie Lake, isn't actually um, it, Republicans. It's, it's a Republican state. So the Arizona Republican voters, although they voted for her once, given the layout of the land politically, she not necessarily going to be uh, the go-to person for Republicans to vote for in 2024 when she's up for re-election. If she stays as a Democrat, the Democratic Party, and they will use things like resources, and they will use things like resources or challenges from the left in order to get her to comply. Instead... She's going to run as an independent. She's going to be an independent and attempt to navigate the Senate and Arizona politics that way. This is very much an electoral strategy. It's not really a political strategy. It's not about the, the politics that she's bringing to the Senate. Keep in mind that no matter what the left is actually going to say about Kirsten Cinema, she has been and always will be fiercely progressive. She is a former code pinker. She's one of those people that would protest those women's rights issues constantly. Um, so it's not like she's all of a sudden had a, a conversion to becoming a strict moderate or anything like that. She's still progressive, but she's against some of the extreme things that the Democratic Party wants to do in the Senate, like eliminating the filibuster, like packing the Supreme Court and some of those other issues. She's not a fan of the things that will hurt her standing in Arizona either. So she makes this decision after seeing what happened in Arizona in November. In Arizona, Republicans did very well. 
except in two races, Carrie Lake and Blake Masters. Those two lost. They got way less Republican support than other Republicans in the state. Republicans did very well at the state level of government and in some state in, in some statewide offices, except for the governor's race and except for that U.S. Senate race. She sees that. She understands that the state is inherently Republican and that Democrat may not be the way to go, especially if the party is going to try to pull her to the left. So she's making an electoral calculation here where she's still going to vote mostly Democrat, except when it comes to the far left trying to restructure the Senate in a way that allows them to do the most. Despite the fact they don't have the House. Listening to the activists, looking at the activists on social media who are apoplectic over this is actually quite funny. Cinema is, I mean, she's always driven them crazy ever since Joe Biden took office. Uh, it needs to be pointed out that because she was not a, a fan of abolishing the filibuster, because she didn't want to go with some of these extreme things, She's been hounded by liberal activists and liberal press to the point where they were chasing her into bathrooms at the Capitol. So it's not like they were fighting to win her back. They were trying to intimidate her into compliance, and she's having none of it. Good for her for standing up to that, by the way. A lot of weaker politicians would cave. But to give Kirsten Sinema credit, she is very progressive, But she has, in some ways, including Senate procedure and things like that, she has become more centrist. And it's really just pragmatism. Because Chuck Schumer still probably doesn't realize what Kirsten Sinema and what uh, uh, Joe Manchin have realized in the past. That the moment the Democrats try to do any of these extreme things with regards to Senate procedure, the moment they've given the Republicans to abuse that power too. One of the things that you never want to do in politics is assume a power you don't want your opponents to have. And Cinema realizes this. She realizes it a lot better than most of her Senate colleagues. Now, there are some of her Senate colleagues who thank their lucky stars every morning that Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin have taken the stances that they have because otherwise those Democrats would have been in far more trouble. Catherine Cortez Masto, Mark Kelly, uh, and uh, uh, Maggie Hassan and others being among those the ones who didn't have to take those public stances so they didn't chase off their own Democratic support ahead of re-election. But the Democratic Party is looking at what happened in November, and it really does seem like some of them are reading the wrong message in what happened. Every time there's an election cycle, the party that comes out Ahead, the party that quote unquote wins the election, they claim they have a mandate from the voters. And to be fair, 
they kind of do. The problem is that every time they get the mandate wrong. The Democrats are very likely going to look at this win and see they still have control of the Senate and see who won the Senate and say, okay, this means that the people want us to do all the stuff we've been talking about, all the stuff that the Republicans have been complaining and whining about. So do we see, I don't know, John Fetterman come out with a stance on defunding the police? Do we see the Democrats come out with more of the social engineering type stuff? Do we see more of a push at the federal level to promote things like drag queen story time? Because if they look at the Senate results and that's what they take from it, which, given their track record, they obviously are going to try to do. If that's the route they go, then all of those people that switched to Ron DeSantis in Florida and all those people that switched to Brian Kemp in Georgia and some of those people that switched to Greg Abbott in Texas and elsewhere, their numbers double. Because a lot of those people who are center-right or center-left don't actually like those really extreme social things from either side. But the Democrats are pushing harder on the social, the social transformation, pushing culture and society further to the left, further than a lot. It's one of the reasons that the Democrats were set to lose so big in November. And by the grace of God to them, the Republicans had some pretty bad candidate quality that caused a lot of those people shifting to the right to, to, to stop and waver a bit. After 2020, the Democrats said, well, they hated Trump and all that extreme MAGA stuff, so they must love our extreme stuff. And they started pushing for it a whole lot more, a whole lot more loudly up until the midterms when they started walking a lot of it back because the polling started showing that, that, no, that wasn't the case. But then the polling didn't work out because voters waffled on the Republicans because of candidate quality. And so now they're thinking, well, this is two elections in a row. Maybe that's what we want. And the data still isn't there to actually show that. I told you guys yesterday, more Republicans turned out. Republicans showed up in great numbers on Election Day. Republic, more Republicans took part in early voting and absentee voting. In my opinion, still not enough, but more of them did. The problem is, when it came to some of those candidates, the Republicans either didn't vote for that candidate at all, or they voted for the Democrat. If Republicans are showing up to the polls in higher numbers and they're just not selecting those Republican candidates, then the issue is about candidates, not about ideology. And that's a big deal. Because that means the Republicans are almost there, but they've got to make those substantive changes I've been talking about. Reigning in the consulting class, having better candidate quality, moving forward, not back. If they actually fight for the issues that voters care about and not the social transformation stuff that the Democrats are going to push for, but if they actually address the economy, immigration, crime, all of these things that are still out there and still bothering voters, and they have the right candidates, and they make sure the money goes to the candidates and not to stupid super PACs, then all of a sudden, November would look a lot different. 
And in 2024, things would look a lot different. But Kirsten Cinema sees that the Democrats don't have it right either. So she is going to leave them and become an independent and let the voters of Arizona judge her on the merits of her as a politician, not her as a Democrat or as a Republican. It's a very pragmatic move for her. It's going to irritate Democrats and progressives, but they've brought a lot of this on themselves. All right. 232-1542, if you want to call in, be part of the conversation or send a message through the app chat. We're going to go ahead and take this commercial break. We'll be back soon here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation and breaking news coming over the wire just now, the St. Thomas More Cougars are state champions for Division II football. They scored. I'm So I thought I was going to be telling you guys coming out of this break that LCA had won. They were up 48-38 with about a minute 45 to go last time I looked. And then in one minute, they scored 14 points. Went up, got up uh, 52-48. LCA had the ball, and there was a game-winning interception. Uh According to Twitter, Nicholas Beckwith had the game stealing or the game ceiling interception that gave the ball to STM with 13 seconds left to go. Uh, so congratulations to STM. Uh, great season to both teams and very exciting for Lafayette for two of its local schools to be taking part in a major contest like that at the state level. There's so much good happening in high school sports in Lafayette Parish. And I say that as somebody who has been part of Lafayette Parish uh, high school sports for several years now, having uh, assisted with coaching uh, in football and taking part in in uh, in coaching some kids in soccer here. Just a lot of exciting stuff. So, again, kudos to STM. Um, a hard-fought game between the two, 52-48 STM. Uh, the Division II select state champions uh, for high school football. All right. So going back to what I was talking about before the break, there's this idea, and I've written about this at Red State before. I may need to write it again because we're about to see it happen again. Anytime there's an election the party that ends up winning the election, whatever winning looks like. And in this year's case, winning looked like not losing as much as everybody expected you to. In fact, the Senate made gains, the Democrats made gains in the Senate. Joe Biden is the only president since FDR to see that in a midterm cycle. But the, um, the party that's in power if they or the party that comes into power or or whatever the case winning may be they declare that the voters have given them a mandate and to an extent they are right the voters do give a mandate every time they go to the polls but politicians being politicians always get the mandate wrong
politicians assume that when voters vote for them or vote for their party, it means they want everything the party wants. And that is simply not the case. The voters gave Joe Biden and the Democrats narrow margins in the House and Senate in 2020. Because the voters did not want the Democrats to go to go full to the left. They wanted there to be a check on that. And the voters, seeing that Democrats were doing just that, gave the Republicans the House to put a stop to any of the extreme stuff. And the voters have taken note that things economically and otherwise have gotten worse since Joe Biden came into office. But the voters were also not impressed by the quality of candidates put forward in swing states and swing districts. And so the voters said, we don't want the Democrats, but we don't like what you're putting forward now. So instead, we're going to find the saner people in New York and Texas and California and some of these other places that have traditionally been Democrat. Not that Texas is traditionally Democrat, but along the border, there have been Republican gains there. But in New York and California especially, the voters have said it's not working out with the Democrats. We'll give you some sane-sounding Republicans so that the House can go to the Republicans and keep the Democrats in charge, uh, in check. But the Democrats are likely going to take this as a sign that the voters want them to go as extreme as possible, and that's going to backfire on them. 2024 has Democrats in an even more precarious situation when it comes to the Senate. And so they've got to be really careful how those swing states are decided and what they do with regard to the voters there. All right, let's take our bottom of the hour news break. When we come back, let's talk about the constitutional amendments on the ballot tomorrow, plus your calls, your thoughts, all here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Well, it would help if I turned on the microphone. Sorry about that. I, I started talking and I couldn't hear myself in the headphones, but... That's because I'm just not that clever. All right, 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, you can also reach out through the KPL app chat. If you have any thoughts on anything we've been talking about today. Uh, so, it's election day. Judges race, and there's three constitutional amendments. There might be some other stuff, but I think my ballot only has the three amendments. And I've, I've actually had people text me like, past couple of days saying, okay, the amendments, what, what about them? And I know I've gone over this before, but you know, under almost every circumstance, I say vote against the amendments, no matter what they, they could be for a great cause. We have too many amendments in our constitution. The system was not supposed to be that way. And, well, two of these amendments I'm definitely for. Now, the third amendment, you leave up to your discretion. I'm, I'm, well, it's Amendment 1. Do you support an amendment that pro- to provide that no person who is not a citizen of the United States shall be allowed to register and vote in this state? I've actually been contacted by conservative groups who are asking uh, – 
this one, and they there have been groups that have tried. the The key here is whether or not you think somebody who is in Louisiana but is not a U.S. citizen for whatever reason should they be able to vote on issues in our communities and in our state? Because as it stands right now, they can't vote it in in the national election or anything like that. But this is a way to secure that anyone who wants to take part in the American right to vote is an American citizen. This one I'm leaning toward. I understand the arguments for letting non-citizens vote and that people are really making that push because they still live in our communities. They are still impacted by the decisions in the communities, everything like that. But to take part in the American process of voting, I do believe that you need to be an American citizen. So I'm likely going to vote for that one. Now, Amendments 2 and 3, I am unequivocally supportive of because they are so very vital to a system of checks and balances that is healthy in the state. Amendment number two, do you support an amendment to make appointed members of the state civil service commission subject to confirmation by the Louisiana Senate? Amendment three, do you support an amendment to make appointed members of the state police commission subject to confirmation by the Louisiana Senate? If you are an appointed member of a state commission, you're appointed by the governor. The governor should not be allowed to just name whoever he wants. You should, but when you make any appointment, have to have your appointments approved by another branch of government in order to make sure that the executive branch is not too powerful of a branch. Just like there are ways to hold the legislative and judicial branches in check, there need to be ways to make sure that the executive branch can be held in check. And yes, there are some of those that already exist in the Louisiana State Constitution, but this is something that was missed originally and needs to be picked up on. And this is not because I support a Republican Senate telling John Bell Edwards no. I want the Senate to be able to tell, to tell a Republican governor no if they make a bad choice. I want Democratic senators to be able to tell a Republican governor no. I want Republicans to be able to tell a Republican governor no. I don't want any governor acting unilaterally on things like a state civil service commission or a state police commission. The latter is very important because look at what the state police has been going through with regards to the Ronald Green case and other issues that John Bell Edwards apparently knew about and will never properly be taken to account for it. But there need to be fair people who are not solely devoted to the one person that appointed them, but actually have to go through a confirmation process that the legislature can say, hey, we're fine with you making an appointment, but this person better not just be a lapdog. This person had better actually do the job and do it right. And whether it's the State Civil Service Commission or whether it's the Police Commission or the Governor's Appointments to the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education, board, anything like that, any board that the Governor makes appointments for, 
the governor should have to get those appointments confirmed by the state Senate. That should be a no-brainer. There is no power that you want one branch to have that cannot be put in check by another branch. It's the fundamentals of a checks and balances system in our government. It works at the federal level and it will work at the state level. There is a reason that you can filibuster judicial nominees. There is a reason that you can overturn a veto. There is a reason that you can go to court over executive actions. You can hold the executive branch and its decisions in check, no matter what party that president belongs to, that executive belongs to. You need more of that in state government, not less. And so I would like to see both of those amendments pass. I hope they do. The problem is it's a December election. There's only three amendments on the ballot. That's the only statewide stuff on the ballot. And you don't have a whole lot of races left that will drive people out to the polls in order to vote for these things. So in essence, when you know Gary Foster was on with Moon for the third hour today, and he said, you have, what, 4% of the people that can dictate uh, what the other 96% will have to experience? That's what you get when you don't go out and vote in these elections. Now, it's stupid to have these three amendments in the December election. Because they're actually three of the better amendments to be put forward in a while. And it's weird to have them dumped off in an election that nobody's really going to be paying attention to. I'm curious, especially for the voting for people who are not U.S. citizens, I'm curious as to why that one was pushed off to to tomorrow. The Louisiana Constitution currently requires that a person be 18 years old and a citizen of the state to register to vote and cast a ballot in the elections. There are some exceptions to that. But you can be a citizen of the state without being a U.S. citizen. And there is a push across several states. I mentioned a a couple of conservative groups reached out to me because they know that I have a radio show that I write at Red State and I talk about conservative issues. They wanted to know how to get the word out to other conservatives. And they've been making pushes in several of these states. Now, for those of you in this amendment in particular, I've got the, the, uh, the Public Affairs Research Council, PAR, their, their guide to the amendments here. I'm going to lay out for you exactly what the pros and cons here are, what the people who are arguing for and the people who are arguing against are saying. Because at the end of the day, like I said, I understand the arguments against. I'm leaning toward it, but I understand the arguments against. In some states around the country, some municipalities have said they're going to allow non-citizens to vote. Again, that is 
for those citizens in those municipalities to make decisions on things that do affect them. Those local laws and local rules do affect them. The amendment that's proposed here closes a possible loophole in the Louisiana Constitution that would allow that that wouldn't allow for these for municipalities here to change the rules and allow non-citizens to vote. It clarifies it. The people who are arguing against the amendment, however, are saying the loophole, there's no loophole, is not necessary. You already you can't vote if you're not a citizen in the state of Louisiana. There is no local government that's allowing non-citizens to vote. And again, I understand those arguments. But much like so many of the laws that we deal with on a daily basis, it's simply not clear enough and it's open to exploitation. And I would like to see that potential loophole closed. That's not one I'm going to go out and, and cheer and say, hey, everybody go vote yes on Amendment 1. I imagine most of you listening will. But Amendments 2 and 3 are must-have amendments. And I cannot believe I'm saying that about amendments to the state constitution when I'm opposed to the amendment process for the constitution because we have too many of them. But here we are. We should have as many checks on the executive branch and the other branches as well as possible. We should. And the fact that this wasn't already a thing is actually kind of upsetting. So that's my thoughts on those three amendments. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the day. If anybody wants to call in, 232-1542, the lines are open Talk to you again after this break here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the program, glad to be with y'all today. All right. So, close out the show, a couple brief stories real quick. The first, uh, inflation. So uh, mixed mixed report came out today. Uh, I think the thing to look at, though, is higher than expected wholesale prices. Wholesale prices rose 0.3 percent over the last month and seven point and are seven point four percent higher from a year ago, as reported by CNBC earlier this morning. Uh, BlackRock is out there now saying that we're looking at a recession unlike any other. And this particular BlackRock strategist is also saying what worked in the past won't work now. That is according to Business Insider. So the the problem here is that the the Fed is the Fed is looking to continue rate hikes. And they were hoping that inflation cooling off as well as uh the super hot would mean they don't have to. Well, the last uh, the last unemployment report showed a, a hotter job in cre- uh, job creation month than expected. If you'll recall, that led the stock market to tanking because they realized, oh, God, the Fed is going to think things are still too hot. And now you've got this inflation is still hot, at least uh, 
in a few different areas. This means we can expect more rate hikes, rate hikes from the Fed. And that could very well be an issue going forward. The Biden administration even pointed out that this was a mixed thing. And normally they've, they've been really quick to take uh, to take credit for and be really excited about a lot of these economic reports. But they were calling this one a mixed bag, which tells you quite a bit. All right. 232-1542. If you want to call in, got some time left. Let's go to the phone lines. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who am I talking to? Hey, this is Major. Hey, Major. How are you? I'm good. Uh, this may be a little off topic. So um, what is the deal with the newspapers in this area? I My, my in-laws are visiting from uh, Venezuela, and um, my father-in-law loves to read the newspaper. So I bought a, a subscription to the Acadiana Advocate, and it stinks. It's, there's hardly anything in there. The Sunday paper stinks, and the editorials stink. What, what is going on, and what happened to the Daily Advocate? I just read news online, and I just got away from newspapers. Uh, so maybe you can fill me in. So, Advocate, you know, the, the Advocate is part of the, the bigger, you know, the, the Advocate out of Baton Rouge. They also now own uh, the Times Picayune, NOLA.com. Uh, that's all one agency or one news organization. Then you have the Daily Advertiser, which is owned by the USA Today Network, Gannett. Um, I, I, full disclosure, I have worked with, not, I've not worked for, but worked with the Daily Advertiser uh, and still have friends in the newsroom over there. I, I typically go to the Daily Advertiser for my local news coverage. Um, you also have some very notable biases in the advocate much more than you would see in the advertiser. Um, so when it comes to local news, that's, that's the difference between the two. For the advocate, and, and really for the advertiser too, when it comes to editorials, a lot of those are now syndicated. And so you don't have a wide variety of Louisiana-focused editorials, any columns or anything like that coming in. You've got Jeremy Alford from, from La Politics. Others, uh, but there's not really a variety, and there's not really a whole lot of people when it comes to the opinion saying a whole lot of different things. It's largely people who are all writing the same party line. It's it's kind of a frustration for me. There, there's not enough long, individual thought. A long time ago, the Morning Advocate used to be a pretty good newspaper because I like the syndicated syndicated editorialists that wrote for them, and they were you know there was a mix of conservative and Probably some likely so, both in its reporting and the in the editorials, um, and and that is just an ownership issue. The owner is uh, is very much left leaning, and so it kind of is kind of reflected in uh, who gets hired and fired there. But there's also, uh, in terms of quality control, uh, every local newspaper around the country is facing a lot of cutbacks, and as a result of that. Uh, you're really having a lot of struggles with just keeping up good quality content. Major, unfortunately, I'm out of time. Thank you very much for the call. Good from good to hear from you. All right. To, no uh, problem. Have a good one. All right. You guys have a great weekend. I will be back with you on Monday. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. And as always, you can find me on Substack, joecunninghamshow.substack.com. Shannon is offsides next, and then we're done for the weekend. You guys have a great one. Talk to you again soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.